Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter. We're starting season two, This so this is season two, episode two. Uh, please make sure you leave a rating, leave a review on your favourite podcast platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can find us on Facebook, so like us there. And you can also find us on Instagram now, so please make sure you follow us there. So what, we're still going to be recapping. So season uh, season two is all is mainly, of course, about the AFL, uh, the men's competition. It's resuming and has already started. We will we will be recording on a Thursday, so we're getting ready for the Carlton versus our uh, Richmond game. But we're also not going to forget about our summer edition, which continues, and this will be a shortened version of our summer sports wrap. So all of our summer teams, as they finish their season and ramp up to finals, if they're lucky enough to be in that position, we'll be touching base with them and seeing how, they, seeing how they're finishing off and, as I said, hopefully making their way into finals. But enough chat. Let's get straight into the AFLW. What a tackle. What a player. Inside 50. Houghton on the lead. Kiara Bowers at her best. Gemma Houghton wastes no time and gets another. That is Fremantle at their very best. Stewart's on over the top. She'll want her left side. All right, on to the AFLW. It was the last regular season game for our women, uh, both the West Coast and also Fremantle. So let's quickly um, start off on a positive, uh, on the Fremantle aspect of things. Dana East from Fremantle, she received a Rising Star nomination from the game against Melbourne, and that was really the only positive that they could take from that game, Fremantle. Uh, she had 18 disposals, 7 tackles, and 3 clearances. She actually joined teammates Sarah Veria in Round 4 and Michaela Morrison in Round 6, uh, also as our nominees uh, for the Rising Star Award from Fremantle. So, uh, well done, Fremantle. Three Rising Star nominees, fantastic. And we're just going to, we'll come back to them very soon, but we're going to go to the West Coast Eagles first. Uh, they finished their season with yet another loss uh, to another top four team in the Kangaroos. Uh, they lost 59-20. to they did keep uh, North Melbourne scoreless in the last quarter. Oh, no, sorry, not scoreless. They kept them goalless in the last quarter, which is one positive they can take. Uh, the key stat, because we're not going to break down every single stat. We're just going to look at the main things that decided the game. The key stat was 47-14 to 14 inside 50s to North, and West Coast were minus 111 in disposals. Emma Swanson, she was, uh, you know, once again... The only one really carrying carrying the load there. Uh, she had 27 disposals and six clearances. So a wooden spoon for West Coast women. Uh, just not good enough in the end and not up to the standard of the competition. Hopefully they can uh, have a really solid preseason. Do a little bit of recruiting both from in, interstate and looking also homegrown intrastate. And hopefully players will just start to step up that are already on their list as well. But uh, we say goodbye to the AFL women's team for West Coast for now. And we move on to Fremantle. They beat Gold Coast 46-9. to And with two more goals, we, uh, they would have earned a home final. 
but instead must now face North away in an elimination final. Uh, Gold Coast didn't score a goal, and Fremantle kicked four goals in the last just to hammer home what they were looking for. The key stat, it was 42 more tackles and 11 more tackles inside 50. Weirdly, they had minus four or four less inside 50s than Gold Coast, but Gold Coast only kicked nine behinds for the game. So the game certainly could have gone a different way, but uh, it didn't, and uh, and Fremantle, you know, won, you know, convincingly enough. Gemma Horton, she had, oh, sorry, Gemma Houghton, she had two goals. Angelique Stannett and Sarah Veria had 21 and 20 disposals respectively, but it was Kiara Bowers. She was best on ground. She had 18 disposals, six clearances, and what do you add on top of that? You add 17 tackles. Just what a difference that she makes to that team. So they face North this week. Very excited for them. Fingers crossed they can go all the way through the finals undefeated and uh, bring a premiership home for Fremantle, one that has been a long time coming, both for the men's and the women's team. But that's it for the AFLW. Good luck, Fremantle. And as we always say here at Bat Banter, over to you. Poor delivery from Benny Lockmarsh. Does he attack him? Does he attack him? That's the shot of the night from Mitch Marsh. That's a massive boundary out there in 20 rows back. Oh, my goodness. What power Mitch Marsh has. Oh. Try and get Mitch Marsh to hit to the bigger boundaries out square, but wow, that is massive. Shot from Mitch Marsh, and what a message that sends to James Pattinson. We are the Yes, indeed, they are the champions. Well, not of the world, but they're champions of the Marsh Cup contest. Just fantastic. They won. They won by 18 runs, and they're the Marsh Cup champions. They're two for fifth. They were two for fifteen in the second over. So let's just break the down, break the game down really, really quickly before we look ahead to the Sheffield Shield game that is currently happening. So they recovered to be 3 for 76 with Cam Bancroft and uh, Sean Marsh building a nice little partnership. They lost another clump of wickets to be 6 for 89, but then a 7th wicket partnership between Hardy and Richardson for 59 runs got them back into the game. Jai Richardson got 44 of 64, and Kelly, Matt Kelly, he got 27 of thir- off 30, and Jason Barrett of 24 of 22. Is there nothing that they can't do? You know, bowl, take wickets, and get important runs when they needed it. And they posted a suitable total. Richardson did, however, do a hamstring, and this has put him in doubt for the rest of the domestic season. Uh, spoiler alert, he didn't play in the Sheffield Shield game, uh, which started back on uh, Tuesday this week. So they didn't get their first wicket against New South Wales after posting a competitive total until the 11th over. But then they got clumps of double wickets when uh, New South Wales were in the 40s, 80s, 
and 105s. They just continually tried to stop that momentum from getting to the point where it was out of control. On Reeks, he was the big wicket. On Reeks was on 43 of 75, and we'll come back to that very soon. Uh, but Daniel Sams, he was quite resilient in his own right. He had 42 of 41, and Ben Dorsius, 31 from 33. But how about the big wicket in Moses on Reeks? It was taken by, in my opinion, the best catch of the summer, as in the whole domestic summer and international summer, from Hilton Cartwright, where he, and quote Hilton, he, it was a bit of throw my hands out there and hope for the best. Well, gee, he hoped, and boy, did his hands deliver. One of the most incredible catches that you'll ever see, and one of the most important catches in a final game that you will ever see as well. Uh, the Western Warriors, they got the last three wickets for only three runs. Andrew Ty, he got four for 30 from eight overs. Jai, one for 13 from 6.4 before having to go off with that hamstring injury. And that was at an, eco that was at an economy rate of 1.95. And Aaron Hardy, he got three for 41 from eight overs. So yes, they're the champions. Just a quick little note there. They are, however, yet to re-sign Warriors star wicketkeeper and batsman Josh Philippi. He sits third in the Marsh One Day Cup runs with 253 at 50.6 and fourth for Sheffield Shield runs with 434 at 54.25. And he scored a century in each format to go with three half centuries. So we know that he's playing, of course, for the Sydney Sixers and he's re-signed there for the T20 format, but we really need to get him signed up very quickly, uh, of course, for Western Western Australia and the Western Warriors, both for the Marsh Cup and for Sheffield Shield. So fingers crossed that can happen. Now, we are at day three stumps in the New South Wales versus Western Warriors uh, Sheffield Shield game. Unfortunately, day two was rained out the whole day, so that put a halt on our proceedings. So if we go to WA, they uh, were 6 for 356 and declared. Cam Bancroft, just sensational, 117. Sean Marsh got 58. Hilton Cartwright, 81. And Aaron Hardy, 37, not out before they declared. And if we go to New South Wales, at the moment, they are 7 for 165. So in a very commanding position, Jason Sanger was their main contributor. He got 66 not out. And Chris Tremaine is uh, obviously doing his part down the bottom of the order. He's 41 not out. In regards to main wicket takers, Matthew Kelly, he was the main destroyer. He got 3 for 22 from 13 overs. And that's an economy rate of 1.69. Joel Paris, 2 for 30, and Aaron Hardy, 1 for 17. He had an economy rate of 1.89. So unfortunately, with only one day left, you can think that there's only going to be one outcome, and it's going to be a draw. How that affects the actual overall standings, time will tell. But uh, you know, not the result that our Western Warriors would have wanted, especially being in such a controlling position. So we'll touch base with you next week as to how that all unfolded. But uh, Warriors, last day, salvage as much as you can. Hopefully bowl out New South Wales very quickly in the morning. See if you can put a quick fire total on for a couple of hours and set them a realistic total. And, you know, who knows? But uh, more than likely, it's probably going to be a draw. 
All right, Warriors, we'll check in with you next time. Listen to the hiss, listen to the growl. Perth wildcats are on the prowl. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet. Tearing up the cotton, building up the heat. Here we come. Oh no, here we come. Oh no, here we come. Okay, the Perth Wildcats. Again, try to touch on a player, and he's a player who's come up quite a bit on this podcast for uh, fair reasons as well. Michael Frazier entering the Brisbane game, so before the Brisbane game, going into it, he hadn't scored in the last three games. He had 52 minutes on the court with zero points. Just unreal. And let's put into context Perth's, you know, away season. After that Brisbane game, they played 13 straight away games. And obviously the New Zealand game made it 14. 14 straight away games on the road. That's crazy. But on to Brisbane. They defeated them 95-83. It was a really great game. And it all came down, and the key stat, to a huge third quarter. They won that 26-8. And that was the key moment of the game. They shot at 60% to 17% in that third quarter, and they had 7 of 7 from the free throw line. A second key stat was they had 15 more free throw attempts, 14 more made, and they shot at 85% from the free throw line. So they won by 12. They had 15 more attempts, but 14 more of those 15 they actually made. So that was the difference in the end. It really all came down to getting to the line and making it count when you got to the line. Vic Law, he had 24 points, 8 rebounds. He's really had a massive purple patch in these last 3 or 4 games. And Cotton had 22 points and 5 rebounds. They were the two top scorers. They now sat 2nd of the ladder, or sit 2nd of the ladder, with 1 game in hand, uh, obviously, and 1 more game to play on the road. And their last game that they played on the road against New Zealand, well, what a game to finish. They defeated them in overtime. This is the last place New Zealand, but they certainly didn't look like a last place team on Monday. They won 104-102 with a Bryce Cotton buzzer beater. And they almost lost. Two missed free throws from Blanchfield in the dying seconds. And then it was a Vic Law masterclass to get them into overtime in the first place. Got the fadeaway jumper to head into overtime. Perth Wildcats, they won the first quarter by seven. Lost the third by eight. And then the rest of the game was really pretty even. They shot at 56% from the field. 64% from the two-point field goals. Excuse me. They had eight more attempted free throws, but they made five more extra. And that was the difference in the end. They got to the line and they made their free throws count just as they did in the game against Brisbane. It was vice or claw, whatever you want to call it, and then daylight for the Wildcats. Law had, that's it, are you ready? Wait for it, almost there, 39 points and 7 rebounds. And Cotton had so close to a triple-double. He deserved a triple-double. They should just give him an honorary triple-double. But 32 points. Nine rebounds, eight assists. Damn, that is one hell of a game. They're now sitting second on the ladder outright 
One win ahead of South East Melbourne, but one win shy of Melbourne United. They face New Zealand again, but this will be in their first home game of nine consecutive that they will finish in the regular season. So Wildcats did everything they could. They won their last three games on the road, and I said last time, if they got two out of three, it would be a win. And beating United was going to be the hardest one, and they did that first up. They took care of Brisbane in Brisbane, which is nothing to sneeze at. And their hardest game seemed to be, well, at least from the outside, their hardest game seems to be the one against the bottom place New Zealand. And give them credit, they played really, really well and pushed them every single step of the way. And to be honest, New Zealand probably deserved to win. But hey, sport is sometimes cruel. We have seen that this season. We've seen that in many sports. We've seen that the Perth Glory women did everything they could, and they missed out on finals by just a whisker. Just one goal differential. That was the difference between them making finals and them not. And Fremantle, AFLW, the difference between them having a home final or not was two goals. So, unfortunately, it just doesn't go your way. So, Wildcats, welcome home. Welcome back. And with nine home games on the trot, they can set themselves up for a top four, hopefully top two position. They've done all they can on the road. Played remarkably well. Yes, had some losses along the way against some good teams, but bounced back when they needed to. So Wildcats, enjoy the beds. Enjoy the home crowd. Enjoy the Red Army. Get out there and support them. And uh, we will check back in with you next week. Atlanta putting on a run. And Sammy Wickham left alone on the outside. Bad news for Atlanta. I mean, she is... Just on fire tonight. Bringing up the next. The links and they're back. Just quickly try to highlight a couple of players when we can. Uh, before Marina Mabry came back in those four games, Jackie Young averaged 27 points. And just quickly going back to that first game versus Adelaide in Perth, the 104 to 79 victory. Uh, she had 21 of her 30 points in the first half. And that was all while shooting at 80% from the field, if you don't mind. And at the end of the game, she added 7 rebounds to those 30 points, 6 assists, and 5 steals. What an all-round game. And how about the number one pick? Picking up the slack when the team really, really needed it. So 21 out of her 30 in the first half, and that was in the second game in Perth in that big bounce-back win after the shock loss to the Sydney Flames. Now, they were playing top-of-the-table clash on the weekend. They lost to the Canberra Capitals 96-80. to So a bit of a reality check for them. The key stat was they lost three of the four quarters by at least six or more points. They lost the assists by eight. They were minus six in steals. And they were minus five free throws made. Jackie Young, we've already spoken about her. She did everything she could. She had 36 points and three rebounds. And the only other player that was in double digits was uh, Marina Mabry. She had 14 points and two rebounds. They are now sitting second on the ladder ahead of the game on Wednesday versus Sydney Flames. Enter the game against Sydney. Nice bounce back for that one. 184 to 72. 
They won the first half by about 19, and that pretty much set up the rest of the game for them. The key stat was their shooting was above 40% from the field goal. Both the two-pointers, where they shot at 48%, and three-pointers, where they shot at 42%, and they were 10 of 24. So if you're shooting any game and your field goal percentage is anywhere above the 40, and that's including two-pointers and three-pointers, you're going to be winning most games. Sammy Whitcomb, she was the best player. 23 points, six rebounds, five assists. And Young, uh, she's just continuing to do what she has been doing the last four to five games. 17 points, two rebounds, five assists. No other players made it into double digits, but that's because they didn't need to. They next played Townsville on Friday. Uh, That will be Friday the 18th of March, because we're recording on a Thursday the 17th. And their last three games, unfortunately, are on the road. They're sitting second. However, they do have a game in hand on the Canberra Capitals. So not too bad. Um, Bit of a reality check against uh, the Canberra Capitals. uh, And they now will play consecutive games against Townsville. And then one more game to finish off the season. Hopefully, top two is still a possibility for them. in fact, that it's a strong possibility as long as they you know, continue on the way that they've been playing for the majority of the season. They do, however, need some more contributors and can't afford to rely on you know, Jackie Young, Marina Mabry, and uh, Sammy Whitcomb is getting back to her best. So hopefully the rest can pick up the slack. But uh, as always, we finish off you know, like we do most weeks. Perth Lynx, over to you. On to the Glory Men. First, they had a 2-0 loss to Sydney. The key stat was they dominated possession, 64% to 36%. They had 59 more attacks and 16 to 13 goal attempts, 7 to 5 shots on goal. Bruno, what more can he do? He missed he has missed just one of Glory's last 13 games for the weekend. He's played a full 19, 90 minutes on 10 of them with 85 and 65 the other two. He's been remarkable, and he scored seven of the club's 12 goals before uh, the game after Sydney, uh, which of course was Central Coast Mariners. So despite those great stats, dominating possession, more attacks, more goal attempts, more shots on goal, they still had a 2-0 loss to Sydney. Sydney were just clinical, and that was the difference. Just uh, shining a bit of a light, and not a good light, unfortunately, on Andy Keogh. He's only netted a goal in one game since returning to the club last season, and he hasn't been a target up front in his eight appearances this year. And Sturridge, well, he's only played 93 minutes in five games and won't be back for another couple of weeks after the groin injury. At that stage, they were sitting last on the ladder, the Perth Glory. Next, they faced the Central Coast Mariners on Tuesday. It was a nil-all draw. Bruno unfortunately missed the golden chance of the game with a penalty in the 18th minute. They had 30 more attacks, 26 more dangerous attacks, and the key stat of the game, 21 goal attempts to 6. Dominating the game, not getting the reward on the scoreboard. Brandon O'Neill, uh, he's going to be out for a couple of weeks with an AC shoulder injury after being felled in a heavy tackle during the game. They're still last on the ladder 
ahead of a Saturday game versus second last Brisbane. Let's hope that they can get the three points. Um, it's not about building momentum now. I guess it is in a way, but I think finals are a bit of a long stretch hope at the moment. They've got to start getting one win and then see where they go from there. But uh, glory, as always, and the, f- the ball is firmly in your court, and it's over to you. Stowers, Stowers giving it to Ralston, and Ralston will score the first try. Runs it to the line, almost intercepted, and it is play on, and Brikey gets it down to McGregor, Jack McGregor, try time, Western Force, what a try. They lost 22-17 to the Waratahs. And despite a 7-0 lead at the start of the game, they leaked 22 unanswered points before the break. The key stat was they won the second half 10-0, but they lost the first half 22-7. And they had 75 more metres of ball runs. They have dropped to 8th on the table, and they face 9th placed Fijian Drua next. So it's going to be very intriguing to see how they bounce back. Hopefully they will be able to. And, uh, you know, as I said, they've been around the, around the mark and in the mix. They beat the Rebels. They snatched defeat from the jaws of victory against the Brumbies. And, uh, yeah, they, you know, they were in the game against the Queensland Reds as well. And yet another, you know, I wouldn't say contender, but, you know, a team that's certainly not too shabby, nothing to sneeze at, the Waratahs only lost to them by five. So we'll see if they can bounce back. Not much more to touch on with the Western Force. Again, keeping it simple, short short little snapshot of how they went on the weekend, who they're playing next, and uh, we'll check in with the Force once again next week. That's it. We're done. Done and dusted for Season 2, Episode 2, the Summer Edition Results Wrap. We'll try to make that a little bit smaller so it's not so much of a mouthful. But I hope you enjoyed that. A bit of a snapshot on how our summer teams are still going. So we're still going to be checking in until they check out of the season with the Wildcats, the Glory Men, of course, the Perth Lynx, the Western Warriors, uh, now only the Fremantle Dockers in the AFLW, and the Western Force. Please do not forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform in the form of Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Of course, you can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Instagram. There will also be our main AFL podcast, our first one, which is is episode one of season two. That will be dropping very soon too. We'll go through all of our pre-season watch, and then uh, we'll give you the tips, the hot tips, uh, as to how you can win and get nine for the competition in regards to getting nine tips for the round. But that's it. That's it out from now. And uh, we'll check back in with all of our teams next week. Have a great afternoon, great morning, or great evening whenever you're listening. And Adam Bat is out for now.